and welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology, rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture, and we can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. It's the last week of April if you can believe it. I'm now all moved into my new place when you're listening to this, although I'm recording two weeks in advance so it's quite wild. I hope you've had a wonderful few weeks with Easter. For me it's been crazy, but I'm glad to be present again within the podcast world. This week we're heading back over to Persia to look at the fearsome creature from Persian and also strangely Greek mythology, and that is the horrible manticore. You've probably heard of this monster, especially if you know about the very similar monsters such as the Sphinx or the Chimera. The manticore is described as having a body of a lion or a tiger, the tail of a scorpion or a barbed poisonous tail with the face of a man. It has three rows of sharp teeth, able to eat its prey whole with no bones remaining with massive claws to help rip at the flesh. It's sometimes said that the manticore has bat-like wings that span massively across its body, but that's more of a modern adaptation, but I personally think it adds some cool monstrosity to this monster, so I'm mentioning it. It can be extremely swift though, and it does have a taste for human flesh. It's said that the poisonous barbs on its tail could be fired like arrows, and if the manticore instead had a scorpion tail, just one prick would immediately be fatal, or even just paralytic, so it could eat you whilst you were still conscious. They are exceptionally intelligent, and are even able to mimic speech from the people around it. And its call is said to be quite melodious, like the low notes from a flute blown together with a trumpet. Apparently animals know when to steer away from this noise, and it will also generally not run from a fight, so those animals do know what they're doing. Apparently, it has the power to take on several men at once, and actually prefers it so it can get a bigger meal, so I would probably give this monster a miss if you can. In fact, don't take it from me, you can take it from the guy the original myth came from, the Byzantine patriarch of Constantinople, Photus, in his book Bibliotheca back in at least the 9th century. And that's BC, not AD. The Matikora has a face like a man's a skin red as cinnabar, and is as large as a lion. It has three rows of teeth, ears, and light blue eyes like those of a man. Its tail is like that of a land scorpion, containing a sting more than a cubit long at the end. It has other stings on each side of its tail, and one on the top of its head like the scorpion, with which it inflicts a wound that is always fatal to all animals except the elephant. The stings are about a foot long and about as thick as a small rush. Now, he didn't call it the manticore here, and that's because the manticora is another word for this monster, and I'll go into why that's important and relevant within the etymology section later. So, if you accidentally came across this monster, could you take it? So, if you're an average Tom, Dick, or Harry, probably not, to be honest. And I'm not going to lie, I'm not sure why you would even think that you have a chance against a lion with a scorpion tail. If you do think that, I'm concerned you're either delusional 
or potentially a demigod. And, I mean, stranger things have happened. The only chance a person would stand against a manticore is the hope that when it was young and undeveloped, its stinger was crushed by hunters, rendering it weaker than usual. Or, if you're an elephant, it's said that elephants were the only creature the manticore couldn't kill, and this is never explained, so hopefully you're an elephant. I hate to say it though, if neither of these apply to you, you may as well accept your fate, as fighting this monster really was considered a futile battle. And where would you find this monster? You would find them mostly in the jungles of India, Pakistan, and sometimes even in Mesopotamia, which is what I mean when I say Persian. It's now mostly Iraq, but historically it also includes Iran, Turkey, Syria, and Kuwait, so very much Middle Eastern. To be honest though, if you're around one, it will probably find you first. It's really cunning and it will stick its head out of tall grass, which obviously is a human head, so it will make you believe that it's a person and then it will attack you by surprise. And if the paralysis thing is to be believed, it will eat you alive whilst you know about it. So pretty horrific as a monster, I would say. Now from that lovely topic, we should move on to etymology. The word manticore comes from a Persian word from the monster, manticorus, which roughly translates from marder meaning man and kor meaning to eat, culminating into man-eater. However, the anglicised version comes from the Greek and the Latin names for these monsters, which was manticora, which means man-eater, so manticore became a thing for ease realistically for anglicised people. Although the Greeks did also call it androphagus, which also means man-eater, but I think it sounds cooler, personally, either way. There's actually another etymological link in this word as well, which is man-tiger, which is very obviously an amalgamation of the words man and tiger, which obviously does work with the idea of a manticore. However, this was a different monster altogether, and was actually a monkey-like being with tusks and horns that apparently looked a bit like a baboon. There's not enough content on this creature to do a full episode on it, that's all you get in. So if you see this anywhere, you know now that this isn't a manticore, it is just a monkey. Now, I have said numerous times that this is a Persian monster in descent, but it's not 100% true. The manticore is very often considered a Greek myth monster, as the Greeks were the first scholars who wrote about this creature. However, the monster is founded in the same story using both cultures, so it's only because the Greeks actually wrote about it first that it gets associated with them. It is technically a Persian monster. The first historical mention of the manticore was by a Greek philosopher called Theseus, and he was in the court of a Persian king in the 4th century BC and wrote about it in his book called Indica, which means India. Although he never actually said that he saw this monster, this is the description given by a Persian king given to him. He actually didn't believe him, which I think is pretty funny considering how gullible the ancient Greeks were to folklore. To follow this, the Greek traveller Pausanias said in the 2nd century BC in his book Description of Greece was that the beast described by Tatius in his Indian history, which he says is called the Martichorus by the Indians and Maneater Androphagus by the Greeks, I am inclined to think is the tiger, but that it has three rows of teeth along each jaw and spikes the tip of its tail with which it defends itself at close quarters, 
while hurls them like an archer's arrow at the more distant enemies. All this is, I think, a false story that the Indians pass on from one to another owing to their excessive dread of the beast. However, the infamous Pliny the Elder disagreed with him entirely and wrote the infamous Naturalis Historia that the creatures existed in 77 AD, which, to be fair, is where we get a lot of our folklore tales about mythical beasts from in the modern era. It's the longest lasting Roman text that we have, so it is a pretty cool book. Although Pausanias wasn't on his own in thinking it might be tigers, it was very much believed that the idea of the manticore was derived from the tiger, as it's something the Greeks wouldn't have seen before, although they would have been familiar with lions, so we can see how the manticore ended up with a lion's body in this case. We can also understand that tigers and lions are the apex predators of both of these environments, so it makes total sense that people would try and get their loved ones to steer away from areas where these roamed. Also, the same as lions and tigers, the manticore would eat the body of the victim, which could explain the origin of this story. If people were venturing into the jungle, completely unqualified, and didn't return, it was a believable story when it could have realistically been a tiger, rather than a wonderfully created monster such as the manticore. A bit boring, but hey, I know what I'd prefer to find in the jungle. Now, in real life, other than the lion and tiger comparison, there's actually a beetle called the manticora, and they are massive. They can grow up to two inches long, they have massive mandibles, and they eat scorpions and tarantulas for dinner, which really works with our scorpion-tailed monster. They're actually considered a symbol of death in some places in Africa where they're from, and they were named after the monster. They're considered evil creatures and bad omens, as the mandibles are apparently reminiscent of the scythe of death. So do keep an eye out if you're ever in those parts of Africa and spot one hell of a beetle. They're actually really cool looking, they kind of look like a stag beetle, and they look like they're native to South Africa mostly, and completely harmless to humans as a most important point here. So I think we're okay, but definitely check them out if you can. The manticore has lived on in history though, as a sign of heraldry in France and other European countries, it's on a whole load of coats of arms across the EU, and is revered as one of the most infamous and ingrained mythical creatures, much like the griffin, the dragon, or the unicorn. Now, actually, that's a really nice little turning point into modern media and cultural significance. For art this week, there are a couple of heraldry bits I would really suggest you have a look at. They're in a lot of tapestries and stuff like that, but they're not really named, so I would love to suggest them, but it's kind of an unknown to me. Otherwise, I would catch some of the awesome independent artwork, which is really, really cool this week and captures what these beasts would have really looked like. They are epic. There's a whole load of artwork from D&D &D and stuff like that as well. So I really recommend getting on there and having a look at these amazing CGI animation-based drawings. Now, for movies, disappointingly, we only really have two, and that's The Last Unicorn and Disney's Onward. Other movies certainly do mention them, such as in the Harry Potter universe, they're also in the Fantastic Beasts universe, they're mentioned. I also believe they're mentioned in the Percy Jackson series, but I'm not 100% sure. They're definitely a mentioned monster in a lot of fictional and fantastical works of theatre and film, but 
not enough for me to mention here, I'm afraid. Now, a fun fact for all of you Harry Potter nerds, if you actually remember the blast-ended screw-its from the books, these were actually the result of mating a manticore and fire crabs. So there's that too. And they're even featured in Hagrid's motorcycle ride in the Harry Potter World theme park. Although they were never brought onto screen, you can look up pictures of what this amalgamated into, into this hideous imaginary creature online. Or if you've been there, plan on going there, this is where you can see this just gross monster in real life. Now for TV, there's a lot more, such as Ruby, Adventure Time, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, Tangled the Series, Wish Fart, The Marvelous Misadventures of Flapjack, One Piece, Magic Labyrinth of Magic, Grimm, Merlin, and Power Rangers Mystic Force. There is also talk of Manticores being in the next Witcher series, as it's one of the Witcher schools, that is the Manticore school, whilst our main man Geralt is from the School of the Wolf, so that would be a really interesting adaptation I would really love to see. And that moves us really nicely onto video games. They're featured really heavily, as are most Greek or Persian monsters of this calibre. These include Digimon, Civilization Beyond Earth, Kadash, Witch Way Adventure, Age of Mythology, Ark Survival Evolved, Dark Souls, Dragon's Dogma, Age of Wonder, Minecraft, Monster Hunter, Might and Magic, The Legend of Dragoon, The Witcher 3, Grim Dawn, God of War Ascension, Dragon Crawl, Golden Sun, Warcraft, Total War Warhammer, Monster Sanctuary, Titan Quest, Scribblenauts, and Outward. There are loads in this one, I'm so sorry. Be bombarded. Now, for my book recommendation this week, I would really suggest looking at Myths from Mesopotamian Creation, The Flood, Gilgamesh and Others by Stephanie Daly, which perfectly goes over some of the brilliant and elusive myths from this Mesopotamian culture when it was a thing. And it's one of these mythologies that is generally quite forgotten and looked over. So if you're interested in this one, definitely have a look at this book. It's a great read. Now it's time for Do What Me They Existed. Right. I think this one's a bit obvious. It's a CGI nightmare gone wrong. And I just can't say that this one exists. I just can't. It's kind of like Amit in Egyptian mythology, although she's a goddess, so it's kind of different. It's very much an amalgamation of monstrous creatures from the Persian and Greek world that they feared, and it totally makes sense that it's in folklore. However, did it ever exist? It's going to be a no from me here. I think potentially any ideas of it existing is a case of mistaken identity, or realistically, just plain exaggeration. Seems people were really quite scared of big cats. And to be fair, I get it, my cats scratch me all the time. These stories were most likely created to stop people from venturing into these jungle areas without protection, especially rural-based communities with kids who were the perfect lunch for a hungry tiger and her cubs. They were very much a one-shot kill hungry monster, and unfortunately, we know that so are tigers if they're pushed into that level of desperation. Although I do imagine back in the first century, there was so much more forestation and tiger populations were probably massive, so I don't imagine eating humans happened that often, but it's definitely a possibility. I remember reading about the manticore when I was a kid within Greek mythology, so it's really interesting to know that actually they existed within more than one mythos, and actually it's the exact same monster. It is definitely a first for the podcast in this regard. But what do you think? Did manticores roam the earth many moons ago? Let me know on Twitter. I'm really interested to know what you think. 
It's a really awesome monster. I really do like the crazy hybrids that we pick up and they just seem to come vomited out of folklore. It's so fun to pull them apart and look at how they got there in the first place. This monster is definitely one that sticks out to me as well, so it was really fun to cover. I really enjoyed this one. Next week, we're not really heading anywhere specifically as we're looking at a world mythology figure as they're not really from a specific place and are in practically every folklore and mythology across the world. And that is the wonderful mermaid. Because what? It's mermaid, baby! Come swimming into our world next Thursday for this one. But for now, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you are listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next. And I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok, YouTube and Instagram are MythMonsters Podcast and Twitter is MythMonstersPod. All of our content can always be found at MythMonsters.co.uk and you can always find us on Good Pods and Patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast. Come join the fun though, share this with your pals, they might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky and I'll see you later babes. Bye!